0: Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. My name is Ebony, and this is another DMT Expresso, that 15 minutes or lesson on top of this trendy, turning on my heart and mind, and well, ladies and gentlemen, we are in Women's History Month. I'm going to keep this train going. We are talking about the 19th Amendment. Though, you were right, you got it. The 19th Amendment that gave all women the right to vote. Or did it. Let's talk a little bit about it. Strap in, let's go, and let's get to the topic. Okay, so let's set the backdrop about this so 19th amendment what is it what happened so the 19th amendment was passed by congress june 4th 1919 ratified august 18th 1920 what does this really do it is known the 19th amendment is known as women's right to vote in this it said it gave the right of the citizens of the united states should not be denied or abridged by the united states or by any state on account of sex All right. This allowed women to vote. All right. That is the importance of the 19th Amendment. Now, the real question is, we say it gave women the right to vote. Well, the real question is, did it? Were all women allowed to vote? So let's dive into this, uh, because what you will find out is that the question is, no. No, it didn't. Some women were allowed to vote. So let's talk about it. To get us started, I'm going to take us back, all the way back to the year of 1848. Why, do you ask? Well, this is where we really get the timbers, the roots of things to happen with women's suffrage. In July of 1848, you have 200 men and 40 men come together in what is known as the Seneca Falls Convention. These delegates, delegates were here, were not only Women. There were men, but there was a language that will always be remembered that this should be happening. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men and women are created equal. And so with this spear, you've got the starts of the suffrage movement in America really taking hold and taking uh, a chance. Think about what's going on. Uh, You're going to end up having... Uh, notable names right Susan B. Anthony uh, you've got Sojourner Truth uh, you've got women of all colors and and creeds and coming together you even have notable people, males of that nature, black males like Frederick Douglass coming to this event and really discussing universal suffrage. Now what else is happening in 1848? I'm going to give you some of the highlights. So this, in the beginning, toward the beginning of this year, you've got the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo that ends the American uh, Mexican-American War. Uh, in this, U.S. acquires Texas, California, New Mexico, and Arizona for $50 million. Uh, what else is happening? Uh, the beginning of June Day's uprising in Paris by French workers. Obviously, July, you've got the U.S.'s Women's Rights Convention held in Seneca Falls, organized by Elizabeth Ka- uh, Caddy Stanton and Lucretia Moot. Uh same month you've got the Irish potato famine you have an unsuccessful nationalist revolt against British rule Uh, September of that year you've got slavery abolished in all French territories and what was really cool coming out of 1848 is that U.S. President James Polk triggers the gold rush of 1849 by confirming a gold discovery in California in December so this is the backdrop in which we're coming from Uh, there is a lot going on we're you know living out this manifest destiny uh you've got people expanding west and you've got women asking for equal rights okay so this is just a start what happens next as you would have it there's always some type of strife uh so 1848 you've got the start of this real movement uh mostly being driven out of what is known as the abolitionist movement at the time. Uh, But as you come into the years of civil war, uh, you've got the passing of the 13th Amendment in 1865, which made slavery illegal. Uh, Black women who were enslaved before the war became free. Uh, They gained their rights to control their labor, bodies, and time. Uh, What you're also getting at the same time is still a movement for universal suffrage equal for everyone uh so what you're also getting a few years after uh 1865 and 1868 is the 14th amendment which affirmed the rights of newly freed saved uh freed women and men uh that they are they are and everyone that is born in the united states including former slaves a right to be an American citizen, and that no state could pass a law that would take those rights away to life, liberty, and property. The 14th Amendment is the first amendment to mention gender into the Constitution. In this, it also declared that all male citizens over 21 should be able to vote. 1868 there's something missing off the end of that all male citizens over 21 years old should be able to vote but this did not include black males there's still discrimination based on race you're still dealing with some civil rights issues coming to, to this era of reconstruction so what you end up having is people still fighting uh, and more particularly in this time is why I'm, I'm mentioning it heavily is because uh, 1870 you get the passing of the 15th amendment that affirmed the right to vote with the caveat that it shall not be denied on account of race what ends up happening because it mentions males in that 14th amendment it it enfranchises African males Negroes to try to get equal rights and this is quite the challenge for this universal suffrage that had been the, the means of unity between right Negro black males the women at large this causes strife this is the real pockets of strife and what ends up happening is that now the constitution has asserted that men have the right to vote women do not and even then, you now have the point where uh, states are not restricting voting rights for men. So you've really got now strife happening over the ability of black men being able to vote. So you've got Elizabeth Caddy Stanton. You've got Susan B. Anthony that have objections, obviously, to this law, like really have objections to this law. Uh, There's others, on the other hand, um, like Lucy Stone. She supported the amendment uh, that, you know, again, progress, uh, that Lucy Stone was one of the few that believed that women would win their right uh, to vote, that their activism was going to pay off. Uh, So you've got two different sides that start to fracture within the women's suffrage. Uh, You've got basically two now, two rival organizations that are aiming to win the right for women to vote, Uh, but what you're ending up seeing is that, well, it comes down to a split over a civil rights issue. Uh, You basically have on one side, Elizabeth Cady Stanton and Susan B. Anthony, and the National Women's Suffrage Association, uh, versus their break from abolitionists and Republican supporters like some of them mentioned uh and now they want the right to vote for white women. And so you've got two different sides going for the same thing, right? It ends up still they're wanting the same thing, give the right the uh the right for women to vote on the federal level. Uh but what you end up seeing is this ginormous break coming out of the 19th century into the 20th century. And that's a, a clear important distinction. Uh, race equity is what actually split the women's women's right movement uh, and built two separate movements within the same right the same movement of women's suffrage, and again marching to the same marching marching the same path but with different drummers at the helm, and so. You you really got a push from the likes of Susan B. Anthony and the and the women National Women's Suffrage Association uh, for the right for a particular set of women to have the right to vote. And so there's a, there's a clear distinction we really need to talk about. It's okay, so let's talk about this early twentieth century. This is where you really got things happening. Um, so you're talking about the flourishing out of Reconstruction era. Uh, and what was happening in black communities at this time? Uh, they're amassing, right? They're, they're getting the ability to vote with some restrictions. Uh, you've got people being elected for office. You've got towns that are flourishing uh, all over the place. Black wealth is a thing. Uh, what happens is you still got a lot going on in the South. So, I really want to focus in on this time in the early 20th century that's talking about the time from about 1900 to about 1965. Uh, And, of course, you know this is leading right into the civil rights movement. Um, But there's also that real counterpart to it that is talking about uh, amassing and keeping white power uh, and keeping methods that are keeping literally the poor, uh, the, the... the minority uh, from voting. And I'm going to stick with this. So uh, there are things that were instituted in and around this time known as the Jim Crow laws. So these are also called the black codes. Um, So the roots of the Jim Crow laws began in about 1865 after the ratification of the 13th amendment. Uh, Black codes were strict local laws the state laws that were meant to have details about, right, formerly enslaved people, where they could work, how much they could get compensation, uh, and it was really a way to keep black citizens in indulgent servitude, take away their voting rights, control them, really, uh, seize their children for labor. And so, in these Confederate states is where you really saw uh, these things being happening. Coming into the Reconstruction era, you had the Ku Klux Klan uh, emergence for the first time, uh, and right uh the daughters of the confederacy you have got a lot of things that are happening in the south to keep southern white culture intact uh, and this is stuff that we start talking about um systemic or syst- you know things that are built into the system uh because he, especially in the south this was something that was a little more pervasive i'm not saying it didn't happen in the north it did you saw this uh you know 20th century with housing right redlining there there was the things that were built into the system in which to use fear use violence uh to keep black families under control again it was a way to do it so what did dim uh jim crow laws do well expanded uh on those black codes so in around the 1880s especially in the south uh you're kind of in the thick of things with the jim crow laws Um, and this is mainly in where you're really seeing it progressing is kind of in these cities so you're seeing it from segregation right so you've got uh white rating rooms uh separate buses ser- separate schools separate places to eat uh you know laws that forbid African Americans from living in white neighborhoods. Uh, you got full segregation of just about everything. Uh, you got some states that have instituted separate textbooks for blacks and white students. Uh, so again, these were limiting things that were happening in the South. Uh, you had members like Ida B. Wells that were you know she's an activist in this time and and she's a teacher she's and she's kind of a leadership role that she takes uh, during this time but I really want to talk about some of the ways that they were keeping not only uh, African American males from voting black females from voting uh, so in this era of Jim Crow laws, you had certain things that were used to keep people under control majority of it is dealt in violence, intimidation uh, you also had people that, who were wanting to go vote. They were instituting literacy tests, uh, property tests, a grandfather clause, which craziness, um, an all-white primary election. Uh, they were doing purges uh, of certain officials. Uh, now you're getting, you're getting some of the starts of a prisoner. So former prisoners being ineligible to vote. Uh, And then uh, you've got poll taxes. And a majority of this is that, well, African Americans as a whole, people that were poor could not probably read. They probably did not own property. They probably couldn't meet half of the standards that it would take to vote. And thus, you've got disenfranchisement of a whole section of citizens who are supposed to be citizens of the United States. Okay, so 1920, you finally get the ratification of the 19th Amendment which has said that now you cannot discriminate based on gender. You finally get it. Uh, You finally get women's right to vote. What actually happens is you still got African-American women and minority women and women just that don't have a fluency and are white who can't vote. Because, again, they're falling into this, this subsection of ways to keep people from voting. And so this included even poor, the white poor. This, these methods even kept poor white people from voting. Uh, so there was a certain echelon within the United States at that time that they wanted to keep uh, with an ability to vote. So this is important to make a distinction because uh, you had people that were asking for the rights that they had already been allowed to have uh, be enforced. There was no enforcement mechanism. So when did everyone have the right to vote? That is the real question. And that's the one I really want to talk about because what you have is that if my grandmother our great-great-grandmother at the time was alive during this Jim Crow era uh she did not have a right to vote so you're probably she went over 15 minutes well I like, guess what I've still got more to say so we're we're here we are now in the 20th century mid-20th century actually uh almost uh 40 years after I'm trying to think 1920 I'm not good at math um <laughs> so we're in the 1960s we're in the thick of things in the civil rights movement 1965 you get the voting rights act passed that allowed for African Americans and a whole bunch of slew of other people to vote this is, this is the, actually the act that was the enforcement that was needed to end Jim Crow era laws and policies that made it illegal for ways to stop uh this grandfather clause this the the end of all white primary elections the u s Constitution was amended finally in nineteen sixty four to make the poll tax illegal heck we n- even today we don't use literacy or property tax or property tests, but what's in- intriguing is that there is still some intricacies of how the law and customs are still built for denying certain sets of people, not the ability to vote, i.e., this is still a thing, uh, former felons are not allowed to vote in most states. Again, different states have different laws, uh, but this is still a a well-known thing, former felons, uh, convicted felons, uh, not allowed to vote. Uh, Purges of voter rolls, so there's still some versions of this and we're mostly seeing it with the redistricting, uh, redistricting, de- redistricting, I can't even say it, uh, in states uh, trying to get rid of, right, the minority votes from Afri- African-American votes, Latino voters, uh, some of these purges, uh, the need for government issued IDs like a driver's license or a special photo required in some states. Uh, it's kind of similar to a poll tax because uh in this one you got to have an id uh you got to travel to special offices uh present birth certificates some people that some people lack uh white or black um so there's some of these little leftover things that we're still seeing uh that impact right uh poor More of the poor, uh, more of our former felons, uh, where it's interesting enough that uh, they went to jail as their form of punishment. And as retribution, you get freedom and still no right to vote. I know there's a whole uh, set of people that are are asking about, uh, you know, rights to vote. uh, But I bring this up, right? 19th Amendment uh, history lesson did not give everyone quite the right to vote it still gave a certain population and echelon of Americans who were predominantly white and of some affluency uh, the right to vote. But it did not give everyone. Uh, and that, and that's, a, that's a large swatch of the American society at the time. It did not have the ability to have the right to vote until 1965. There you go. I'm done tell me what you think uh, should we reteach how women's suffrage went uh, and any other little little nuances that is presented in history uh, i'd love to hear from you as always i'm sending peace love positivity and good vibes stay in the know stay just just educate yourself uh, i will see you next time peace